0: You're listening to Plan Style Do, the wedding podcast. Hello, and welcome to Plan Style Do. I'm your host, Jordan Weaver. I'm a wedding planner and stylist, and founder of Jordan Weaver Events. Each week I bring you bite-sized episodes packed full of my expert tips and tricks to simplify your wedding planning process. And today's episode, I am chatting to Sydney marriage celebrant Melissa Soncini. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Pleasure, pleasure. Now, I know we've worked together on a number of weddings, and why I wanted to get you on the podcast is I really love your style, your approach. You're obviously very thorough and you get all the official boxes ticked, but I love that you really make a couple shine. So you really bring out um, the best in them and help them to create the best ceremony possible for them and something that really reflects them. So we'll kind of dive a bit into that later on about how you managed to do that and a bit of a magic skill. But I guess for now, obviously, at the time of recording, we are in self-isolation. So tell me, where are you right now? How are you getting through self-isolation? What is helping to keep you sane?
1: So nothing much has changed for me because home is my office i 'm a full time yeah. celebrant, so usually i 'm working alone from home, but at the moment what 's different is it 's actually lovely to have the family here along with me enjoying little moments during the day together that we wouldn 't ordinarily get because the kids are at school and husbands at work but Stopping to enjoy the simpler things in life, going out for a walk, grabbing a coffee in the sunshine, it's such a pleasure at the moment, a bit of an upside to this situation, I guess.
0: Yeah, and you're getting a bit of, uh, a bit of breakfast in bed or a bit of um, extra pampering from the husband, I hope? Yeah,
1: actually I am. And spending more time in the kitchen, which is lovely, and yeah. having the time now to do some of those, create some of those recipes that have been handed down to me, which is lovely.
0: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I mean, there definitely are plus sides. It wasn't a situation that anyone could have predicted or what we would have wanted, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. I am absolutely loving being able to spend a bit more time reading and um, yeah, I've got my daughter and my husband at home. So yeah, there's definitely, definitely yeah. plus sides. Totally agree. So one of the stories that I have absolutely loved in the last couple of weeks in regards to weddings is your wedding that you did with a scissor lift. So, you know, obviously weddings are down now to just five people and you worked with a couple that got a bit creative. Do you want to tell me about that? They got very
1: creative and to be honest, I had no idea what a scissor lift was. It's not a cherry picker. There's a big difference. I had to Google it when they told me about it. So this particular couple had planned for 120 people to gather for a huge celebration on a private property on the north coast of course as time drew closer to their wedding day their plans got changed rapidly with the government restrictions on gatherings yeah so they reduced the numbers to 20 of their closest family they then had to cancel the gathering with their parents and witnesses they then had to change the location They then had to ask their celebrant to stand down because he would risk his health if he left the house. Mm. But what didn't change for this couple was their intent to be married. While they couldn't have their dearest there, instead, they invited their nearest, their neighbours, in their apartment block to celebrate from their own balconies. And when they invited them, the ones that could attend which was all but one. They even delivered a bottle of champagne to each apartment so they could join in and toast the happy couple at the end of the ceremony, which I thought was amazing. And they came up with the clever idea of the scissor lift and that was all arranged by the couple, a couple of days beforehand, to be honest. As I said, I had no idea what that involved and I'm actually afraid of heights. Um, So I arrived very early to learn how to operate this machinery and they also had a whole lot of flowers delivered so I helped to decorate the scissor lift and make it look less <laughs> uh, less <Sizzle-lifting>. machine <laughs> it's very very orange yes so they did have all of their 120 guests present through a zoom meeting that was organized beforehand and they also had some pre-recorded readings their siblings had emailed to them which they had prepared for the ceremony in advance, which was so lovely. So while they had a very scaled back version of their original plans, it certainly did not take a back seat. So on the day to start the ceremony off, the bride and groom walked from either end of the street towards each other to a beautiful song that meant so much to them. They met in the middle, they embraced, and then symbolically walked into their apartment block and onto their balcony together symbolising the start to a new journey together where their marriage took place. I took my PA system onto the scissor lift so that the whole apartment block could hear the ceremony. And then we had to get a little bit creative together because I was about two and a half metres away from their balcony. So I actually had a stick with a hook in the backyard, of course decorated with flowers, and they had a basket. So that was to transfer the microphone And also to carry the rings in. So the rings were located with the ring bearer neighbour who lived on the floor above. So the scissor lift was used to transfer between the floors. And then once they were married, after the champagne bottles popped, everyone cheered, including the onlookers, the neighbours from all over the street. The couple then shared a first dance, which they'd been practising for so long for right there in the middle of the street. So in my eyes, it was just the perfect
0: wedding. Oh, it is so beautiful. You see, it honestly, was. it's giving me chills. I love it. And, okay. and I will say that I will put um, a link in the show notes to a video of the um, of the leaf wedding because it is just beautiful. <laughs> and I was all teary at the end watching it. But I think it's a beautiful example of how couples can adapt. We're obviously in a very uncertain time and um, this couple were determined to get married and celebrate their love. So, you know, why not have a little bit of fun along the way? And I'm sure they'll probably have a wedding or a wedding party party. This is all done and dusted, but it's a really cute way to kind of do something that's memorable, um, you know, and adapt in these uncertain times. Gorgeous. I love it. I love it. So um, I guess let's get back to basics because there's, you know, some some people listening aren't going to know too much about what you do as a marriage celebrant. So what is your role both officially and unofficially at a wedding? So, what people don't realize, there's so much more to being a celebrant than just
1: turning up on the wedding day in a pretty flop, a pretty frock, conducting the ceremony, and perhaps having a champagne at the end as a little perk. Uh, that's yeah. what people see on the day. But of course, it's my job to make the marriage legal and take care of all the paperwork. But some people may not realize the behind the scenes work that goes into every wedding day that I attend. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, creating the ceremony. A ceremony that's not generic, a ceremony the couple are proud of. I collaborate with each and every couple so that they are 100% not only happy, but ecstatic with the ceremony that their friends and family will hear on the day. A ceremony that represents them in a truly honest and authentic way. So to do this, I have to understand the couple. I have to make it personal and a reflection of their, what I call a love personality. There are No two ceremonies that are the same because no two love stories are the same. So this involves meetings. I meet with couples so that I can understand what their dream wedding day looks like, what their ceremony is going to feel like. I need to really understand their vision for their big day. And then together we co-create and edit a ceremony until they're really, really happy to go forth on the day. So I also like to offer lots of help, give direction with examples of wording to use, Mm -hmm. vows, for instance. I know couples find this a great help because telling the whole world in a public way why you love and want to marry your best friend can be hard for some to articulate into words. So hopefully my examples can serve as a guide or act as a starting point at least for couples to use as inspiration for their own personal vows. In that time before the ceremony, I like to speak to all the people involved in the ceremony, show readers how to hold the microphone, give them their reading printed on a card. And help anyone that's feeling nervous, be it dads, the best men, the groom, make sure that they know what they have to do on the day, I think really helps people. So that's all the behind the scenes
0: things that people don't see us do. And do you, I know you've sort of touched on the nerves and the kind of emotions that can be going on at the time of the ceremony you know all eyes are on the couple and you can understand emotions are high this is probably one of the biggest moments of their lives so how do you help them to keep their nerves at bay I mean you mentioned communication you know letting everybody know what's involved and what their job is um, or their role is in the ceremony that must play a big part but did you have any other tips for keeping them smiling and keeping those nerves at bay yeah, I have seen lots of nerves and of course it's the start of the
1: celebration. So the bride's walked in and she hasn't even said hello to everybody. So it's just eyes and it's, yeah. it's such a strange thing to do, to stand in front of everybody and to be stared at because you look so amazing. They're staring um, and they're, yeah. they're all there for you. They're all supporting you, but you don't feel that at, at the time. I guess the best feedback that I receive after the ceremony from guests is when they come up to me and ask me, how do I know the couple? And they're often surprised to know that I'm not an old friend. And then the best feedback I receive from couples is that I was such a calming presence on the day. And that might just be because I've done so many weddings. Um, But what I've learned over time is that knowledge is power. And by the time we get to the wedding day, I feel like I know the couple very well. I'm there, I'm a friend. They're fully prepared with what's about to happen. They can imagine every part of their ceremony because we've gone through it together. They know how it will work. There's no surprises on the day and I think this really eases nerves a lot. And also, I do most of the speaking and a lot of couples are very happy with that. And even though we're fully prepared, I do like to check in and meet with the couple one last time before the ceremony starts, make sure they're okay, they're ready to proceed. And also people need to know that during the ceremony, I'm right there beside them to guide them. And if needed, I drop the microphone and whisper anything they may have forgotten to help them along the way. They're never alone. And it's my job, it's my role to make them look like the wedding superstars. Um,
0: And people don't realise that, but that's my job. I'm there for them. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's sort of what I touched on at the beginning was that I, I do really believe that you help to make them superstars. My feeling is that a celebrant should really um, help and support and guide, but the couple are the superstars. And after the, the ceremony, you want guests saying, oh, you know, their vows were so beautiful. The bride looked amazing. And I mean this in the best possible way. You almost don't want people noticing the celebrant as much as, you know, really just noticing how beautiful the ceremony is because of the celebrant. Do you, you know what I mean? Totally agree. And that's exactly yeah. my
1: aim as in my role, you know, from the way that I dress. You know, no one wants to see a celebrant in bright colours. They've got to be my role is to be a bit of a wallflower. flower. Yeah. I'm a I'm a supporting role, even though I have the authority to marry a couple I'm not the authority over the wedding Mm. I'm there as a prop I'm there to support them and to help them to create the best day of their lives definitely not about me definitely not about me
0: now in terms of a ceremony there are certain legal elements that you must do so can you run us through those and basically once the legal elements are in place everything else is can be suited to the couple's personality isn't isn't that right
1: Correct. So I think people get uh, this idea of a wedding, I guess from movies, because some people haven't been to many weddings and they believe that saying I do is the wedding vows, but that's not even legally required. So a fun fact for you, Jordan, there are exactly 124 words needed to make a marriage legal. Mm -hmm. That's it. If we only have those words and I've timed it, it takes about 53 seconds for a marriage to be legal the rest is up to the couple and yeah. what the, what they feel should be in a ceremony so what needs to be heard in a ceremony there is a legal paragraph that the celebrant must say it's called the celebrant authority or the monitum there's one legal line that must be included in the vows to make them legal i must introduce myself and i also must identify the couple and use their full legal names mm-hmm. and then there's also the signing of the marriage certificates with the two witnesses which must be over the age of 18 but apart from that legally that's all you need
0: yeah that's great that's really Depends good to know every because... like after that Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think a lot of people have this kind of, yeah, this idea of a very formal, very stuffy, very impersonal kind of ceremony because of movies, but it's great knowing that, you know, yeah, there are a few legal boxes that you have to tick, but after that, you know, couples can really make it as much about them as they want to. Yes. We can leave till death do us part of the yes, Thank you. (laughs) Yes. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, now one one question um, that I get asked by couples, and you you sort of touched on it is how long um, how long should I have as my ceremony how long do I need for my ceremony? So generally, as a planner, I would say the average is kind of twenty to thirty minutes. But then the shortest ceremony I've ever seen is seven minutes, and as you said, you can do it in fifty three seconds or something. So what is your advice for couples on the length of their ceremony?
1: So I too get asked this question a lot and I answer this question with a question. I asked the couple, how long is a piece of string? Each Mm -hmm. ceremony is so different and you may wish to include symbolism and rituals. So this changes the length of every ceremony. It can vary so much, but agree most wedding ceremonies that I conduct land between the 20 to 30 minute length. not because there's a set template, but because that's just how long it seems to take to get all the wedding feels and show off why the couple are so perfect for each other and include any elements of tradition and symbolism that they would like. And I give the same answer when they ask how long the vow should be. Again, couples need to be honest and say what they need to say from the heart, not be dictated by any rule books. So the best wedding ceremonies I see is not just about the couple getting married, not just the two of them, but also about the people in attendance and the love and support that's offered to them. So I like to get as many people involved as possible to make it more intimate I mean gone are the days when there were set roles you don't have to have your best man to present the wedding rings yeah uh, you might want your grandmothers to present the wedding rings or the best man and matron of honor don't have to be the witnesses it could be the two mums that would like yeah. to be involved in the ceremony and have that special role or perhaps they'd like to walk into their marriage together rather than one person being given to the mm-hmm. other um, yeah. and then there's there's the whole other area of cultural traditions or symbolism, you know, exchanging the mala, the stefana, doing a tea ceremony, red string of fate. There's so many, hand binding, drinking from the queer. There are so many beautiful wedding traditions to be included. And I encourage couples to think about including them if it's meaningful to them. That's the important part.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess, um, you know, right now we're in quite uncertain times when it comes to weddings and we don't know when the government uh, restrictions are going to be lifted. So are you thinking that couples are going to get more creative, there's going to be a few different um, types of ceremonies emerging now in late 2020 and, and into 21?
1: Well, I'm seeing so far most of my couples are postponing to next year and the year after and carrying on the planning of their grand celebrations because mm-hmm. they do want all of their family and friends to be present for the best party ever. But I do have a handful of couples that are forging forward with a scaled-back version now, but then also celebrating later on with a big reception and perhaps another ceremony to renew their vows. And a few of them have indicated that they want me back to do another ceremony. So it will be great
0: Round to two. do an adaptive
1: version. Round two of I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and. And perhaps they can tweak their vows uh, with all the knowledge they've gained in the last year of marriage. I think the couples that are forging forward, I think these couples are really romantic despite all the setbacks. They just want to get married, and I really applaud them for doing that. And I think it's, like you said, challenging couples to be a bit more creative and think about the real reasons of why they're getting married. I have a couple that are getting married this Friday that are going ahead. It is their 10th anniversary and they just really want to be married after all this planning and we'll have a big yeah. party next year. So we're, we're very lucky to have these beautiful technological gods that have allowed us to stay in touch and have Zoom weddings. So that's, thank God we have those.
0: Yeah, it's certainly um, an interesting time for weddings, and I think that we'll we'll see the landscape shift a little bit more after all these restrictions lift. It's been so lovely chatting to you, Melissa. It is um, it's wonderful. Like we were saying, the technological gods have allowed us to be <laughs> be in yeah. touch despite self isolation. So it has been such a pleasure chatting to you. If couples are looking to find out more information or figure out how they can get in touch with you to um, to work with you, how can they reach you? Well, first off, I've got a website. Um, It's
1: www.marriagecelebrantonline.com. And, of course, I'm also available for any virtual face-to-face chats through all the modern technological platforms and, of course, through good old-fashioned telephone if that's preferable as well.
0: It has been such a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for taking time out of your day and out of your self-isolation. I'm sure we will be working together very soon once the uh, restrictions are lifted.
1: And I can't wait, Jordan. I I know. I
0: miss wedding so much. it'll be lovely to get back to the couples back to the venues back to all the vendors it will be um truly beautiful when it does happen so thank you for joining me that brings an end to this episode of plan style do i hope you have enjoyed it don't forget to rate review and subscribe plan style do on apple podcasts and we will catch you next time